There you go. Okay, I'm gonna play the song again. Here we go. Again. We're gonna hey, we're gonna do this the again. Top. Sure, sure. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's go. This is Asinine Radio, the weekly music podcast, where every week we get into our fearless beer review, we get into the vinyl pickups, we get into some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media, at Asinine Radio, so go do that. Uh, We have a phone number for the voicemail, if you want to leave us a voicemail, I don't care. It's uh, the phone number is five zero three eight nine three five three zero seven. Get into that, and um, uh, Jeff, let's uh, what? Uh, 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 let's just get into our fearless beer review. Uh, what do you got? So, I don't know why. For whatever reason, this brewery stopped distributing to Arizona, and I was a little bummed because this is this is uh, this is my favorite beer, and I have great white today. Okay. And I got it because my roommate Sloan went to California and brought back a bunch of six packs. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they don't distribute out here. And it's funny too because the, the local liquor store, that's a pretty good liquor store around here. They have a lot of good craft selection. They they do keg orders, and he was just kind of sitting there talking to another customer, and and I asked him if if they can order Great White. I didn't even say the brewery name. I just said Great White. And he's like, no, they don't distribute anymore. Great, right? And without even like, without even missing a beat, without even looking anything up, he's like, no, they don't distribute anymore. And I was like, really? I said, they don't, like, are you sure? Because I just, we just ordered from you like not even four months ago or whatever. And he's like, no, they don't do it anymore. So I thought thought he was just being a dick. And I was like, okay, this guy (laughs) just doesn't want to do any fucking work, clearly. Because no way, Mm. he knows everything. So then we, you know, I get home, I do some investigating and sure as shit, like they don't distribute over here anymore. What so, the fuck is the reason? I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't make any oh. sense to me. Maybe it's like a political thing? They're from Eureka, so a little bit north, um, northern California. So yeah. I don't know. It could, it could very weird. well be. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, so this is like a staple in my, in my repertoire. Usually if you come to my house, there's always like certain beers that are always in the fridge and great why is usually yeah. one of them too but we've it's been a while since we've had it but now i have it tonight because it's delicious and um it's not very powerful it's like four and a half percent and it's a whip beer it's good yeah it's, it's, good, it's good yeah it's solid yeah we've had it on the pod fuck i don't even know how many times plenty of times yeah it's so good it's very good all right all right that's a good one uh so what i have so i went to the liquor store today to pick up a beer and I it's, I got a single can and I thought it was an IPA because it said like Hop Hero. So I thought usually when it says Hop, it's usually an IPA. I just didn't really look at the label that closely until I got home. And friend of the pod, Mike, asked me what I got and I read it and it was actually a, 
<laughs> an imperial smoothie sour. <laughs> so I said, fuck that. I'm not going to drink that. That is disgusting. Uh, so I traded him the sour beer for a Bitburger. Bitburger from Germany. So it goes in line with our album of the week. Uh, this is a Pilsner, uh, 4.8 AB, 4.8% ABV. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's a Pilsner and is it a Pilsner? brewery started back. Yeah, it is a Pilsner. Uh, the brewery started back in the early 1800s, still around, still an independent brewery, I guess. So that's pretty cool. So that's what I got. And are you ready to drink? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do this. Oh. Mm. Oh. That is a good Pilsy. Yeah. That is a solid Pilsy. So we have a three-point rating system here where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. Uh, one is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So what do you rate your great white, Jeff? <coughs> this is um, this is three. Yeah, this is this is perfect beer. This is uh, this is delicious. This hits all this hits all the boxes that you want from beer. It it tastes good. It's beer, perfectly carbonated. It's a little bit sweet, but not too overpowering. Mm. It's delicious. And that one is a solid beer. I will agree. Good with beer. <clears throat> okay, so my Bitburger, I've had it many many times, and um, I'm gonna have to give this a solid two point eight. Um, you know what? Two point nine. Fuck it. Two point nine. Why not? Why not? It's that good. It's a great Pilsy. And, but, you know, ever since I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and every time I drink a Pilsner, I always think of the one character who's obsessed with Pilsners and he's like the most boring guy in the world. Oh, you that's uh, Amy's, Amy's boyfriend. Amy's ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Or yeah. Boyfriend, yeah. Oh, and he's, he's obsessed so funny. With like, he's so <laughs> he dry funny, and boring. Yeah. And that's what, like, it's hilarious how boring he is. <laughs> and he's obsessed <laughs> with Pilsners. Uh, and it makes me think of it. And it, it makes me think like, ah, am, I, am I that boring of a person? I forgot about and that it, guy. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> I, I actually started rewatching it last night. Uh, it's so funny. I love that show. <laughs> cool. All right. Perfect three and 2.8. 2.9, actually. 2.99. Nine. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So let's get into our vinyl pickups and what we've listened to, and that'll lead into our songs of the week. So what do you have, Jeff? All right. Are you ready for this? I got a, I got quite the list here. Baby. I got quite the list here. Let's do it. <clears throat> First, I guess I'll just start from the top. Um, West Montgomery, the same one that you have down here on the ground. Oh, I uh, okay. I picked that one up a while ago, not a couple weeks ago. I just listened to it this week. Um, this was 1968. Like as a guitar-driven Montgomery album, this is pretty lame. There's <laughs> there's too much fluff here and not enough guitar. And mm-hmm. as an ensemble album, it's not bad. It's got Herbie Hancock on keys, and the yeah. and and like the the overall arrangements are really good, and it sounds great, but. Honestly, I I got kind of like this Martin Denny lounge vibe to it more than I did like a jazz guitar Montgomery vibe. Uh, Martin Denny's so good though. But I just don't. I mean, I it, that's fine. It's just it okay. didn't translate. It just didn't translate well here. And, and West like played the guitar like half the time. Yeah, no, I I see what you I get what you mean with that record. What's, what's, like, what's even the point here? Yeah, I know. I I listened to that record this week too. I give oh, I yeah. totally understand what you mean. So. Uh, I mean, I might as well get into it as well because yeah. why not? So, I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but this is also his 17th album, and it was one of the last records that he released before he died. 
So I feel like, you know, he was pretty far into his career. So why not just like sit back and let other people do their thing, you know, be more of the composer, more of the, the leader, but sit back and relax, you know? I don't think he did any of the of like the compositions other than the guitar. Like I don't he I what? don't think he had a hand in like in in composing any of the actual music or the structure other I than just adding did. guitar licks. I think there oh, there was only one song on it that wasn't his and that was a George Gershwin song. So I'm not unless well, I'm he, thinking of because there's there, there's an actual like composer and arranger on the album that's he, that person is just there to put everything together. So that's why I don't think Wes did anything like that other than just add guitar tracks. There's not, there wasn't a lot written about this record, and I remember seeing the reviews, and it didn't get very high, mar- very high marks yeah. from the jazz community. So, so what else I'll, you got? I will leave it. So you got this uh, this guy a while ago, and he was interesting, and then I picked it up, and I forgot I had it till now. But uh, Bix Beater Becky. Oh, you finally listened to it? Yeah, Bix Beater Becky, his his, his comp album, nineteen twenty four. <laughs> That's this, the one I got right. Is it like just a yellowish cover? Yeah, and it's just him, and he looks really creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is a this is just a compilation album of his first group. They they were called like the Wolverines, and mm-hmm. this is all music from the twenties, like the mid twenties. And um, yeah, man, like we talked about before, this is just a really really interesting guy, like creepy, you know? dude. From like day one of of his being accused of like sexually assaulting a minor to him being mm-hmm. constantly drunk and being kicked out of various places like bars, colleges, clubs, to him eventually dying because he just got too scared, I guess, of what, yeah. what it seems like. He was, like, scared to death. That's what it was. <laughs> weird. Super fucking weird. But I guess, I guess like, in his, in, his, in his heyday in the 20s, he was, he was well-respected, and, and he kind of brought, like, this... Uh, like an early improvisational style to the up and coming jazz sound. Cause everybody was kind of doing like the big band thing. Mm-hmm. And even though his stuff is very, very much big band, like he, he, I guess he would still kind of just go off the rails and, and, and do his own thing and find his way back to like the last measure or whatever it was. And people loved him. But what did you think of his music though? Um, like it was creepy, right? Like, like kind of eerie. I, th- I think it just had a tinge of it because I mean, one, it's, it's old. And so it yeah. just it just sounds like something you would hear playing a video game that was like on a record player in like a different room, yeah, or like a mo- like a scary movie, yeah. Or something. So it just yeah. it just I guess it's situational. If if you put the I don't know it's it did it did sound a little creepy, like the I don't know I don't know it it, it did sound a little creepy, but I don't know if it's it's creepy on its own or if it's just because we know who this guy is and how weird he was and how bizarre his life was. I think it's all of it, yeah, all of it put together. It was cool though. Okay, glad you liked it at least. Would yeah. you pay like a buck for it, or was it free? Uh, yeah, it was free. Yeah, I paid a dollar for mine. Oh yeah, I would pay a dollar for this too. I mean, the the cover alone was what made me buy it. I'm like, this looks kind of creepy, so it might be kind of good, and it it did creep me out. So Sloan yeah. bought a box set of his, like a jazz Reader's Digest jazz thing, and it has like his entire like everything he ever recorded over like oh. five or six discs, and Sloan paid like three dollars for it <laughs> and it's a nice looking box set fucking guy fucking guy yeah so uh let's 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 move along here okay uh okay. nancy sinatra yeah. her album boots boots kits, boots and kits. um this is her <sighs> debut album from 66 <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. That's good stuff. She's, uh, if y'all don't know, she's the oldest daughter of old Blue Eyes, old Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. That guy. Um, her biggest hit is is These Boots Are Made For Walking. I'm sure everybody and their mother knows that song. Yeah. It's yeah. a banger of a song. Mm-hmm. But uh, this album is okay. It seems like the album itself is just kind of arranged around that boot song. So everything else is kind of just like second rate and whatever's and it is it looks. A, is it a comp? Or no, is it's it's an it's an actual album. album. Yeah, I don't think she wrote one. Or even helped write one song on this album either. <sighs> That's annoying. Yeah, so very very disappointing because like clearly this someone's just writing on the coattails of somebody else, and then <laughs> like it's eh, it's whatever. It's not mm-hmm. that great. I thought it was gonna be really good because these boots are made for walking. It's such a fucking cool song. It is really cool. She's a great singer too. Hey, when you got the old blue eyes, blood in you. It's <laughs> so weird the way you said that. Old blue eyes, blood. Blue eyes, blood. Uh, the next one I, I got, <laughs> I, I was a little late to this party, but Lizzo, she uh, she came oh. out with an album last year, 2019. Well, it's not last year. I guess 2019, two years ago. And I had just heard her song, Truth Hurts, like, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe two, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was great. And, and then I looked it up and saw it was her. And then I saw it at a record store used. And then I got a discount on top of it. So it was like dirt cheap for this thing. And um, it was, it was fantastic. This album, it's so great. And it goes through so many different genres and she does them all really well. Like she's able to, to simultaneously sound empowering and frightful. Like at the same time, it's fucking weird. She's fun and serious all at once. She's it's bizarre. It's weird. Like, like she can be so commanding and, and, and make me feel so little, but then like instantly just make it sound like we're having like a party. I like the the one hit song off of that. That's a great song. Truth Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good song. That song's a banger. This whole album is really good. And I, I, I've added it to my list of to do's because it was so good. Fuck. Good thing it wasn't Little. Thankfully, it wasn't Little Kim. That you added to the list. I don't know why you hate Lil' Kim so much, but she's <laughs> fantastic. So you can just take a long walk off a short pier. Mm, that might say. be fun. It is what it is. Um, the next couple uh, stuff I got, I got for free. And of course. Of course. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I actually bought three albums in one day. I bought Beggar's Banquet. I guess I'll talk about that one. The Rolling Stones, Beggar's Banquet. Um, I bought that one for like 12 bucks. And then um, I got a couple other ones for free. But Beggar's Banquet, this one, uh, this one's good. This one starts off with Sympathy for the Devil. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, that song's a banger. Like, you know that song's a banger. Well, yeah, no, th- that is. That one is. And I think that's their biggest album, right? Beggar's Banquet? Yeah, this is, I mean, it's definitely top three. I think, like, Exile on Main Street, Sticky Fingers, Beggar's Banquet, and then maybe Some Girls are, like, the, their biggest albums. I have mm-hmm. all of them except for Sticky Fingers. That's the one with the cover. Sometimes you see it has like an actual zipper on the cover. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Where his about. pants are, and he's just like wiener hanging down like in his <laughs> pants. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, man, I am full-blown Stonesman. Like these I, guys, that's shocking. these that's shocking. guys rip. These guys are so fucking good. And And so like this is kind of the last one where Brian Jones – one of the founders, actually like the reason why the Stones even got together and why they called themselves the Stones and, and a guy who pretty much played a whole shit ton of instruments. This is kind of like his last hurrah, even though he's barely there for this one. And the next one, I think it was Let It Bleed, 
he contributed a little bit. Then he died. But um, how did he die again? He just had a long oh, bout with with alcohol and drugs, and then eventually drowned. I think Fuck. they I think they call it like misadventure. Is that what they call it? Like a misadventure? Mis- mm, I don't know. Yeah, he, he drowned. But there's conspiracy theories behind that too, which are kind of fun. So once we do a Rolling Stones album, we can talk about that. But um, <laughs> dude, talk about like a sad, uh, like a sad uh, story. Like Brian Jones, man, just like his his addiction and like how heavy he was into heroin and drugs and LSD. And because it was at a time when like nobody really knew anything about it and like treatment centers, like rehab clinics were basically like just like insane asylums at that point. Yeah. Like nobody really got any help. And and then even his bandmates like Jagger and, uh, and Richards, like they, they kind of like kicked the habit and were better off than him and kind of like made fun of him a lot for not being able to do it on his own. And, like it's just it was just brutal and like even even today like Jagger and Richards don't seem to have a lot of a lot of like uh, regrets for not helping him and not That's being there for that. him more yeah like just kind of like some of the interviews they gave they're like yeah it was the 60s you know whatever he should have stopped he didn't no he's dead okay <laughs> yeah it just, oh, just seemed really shitty about it, dude they, yeah. they they just seem really shitty but this album's a banger dude this album is so fucking good just it's it's really good blue stuff it's very country and there's like stuff there's there's better country on this album than like stagecoach has has ever seen and it's not they're not even like a country band like this is so good this album is fucking phenomenal this is top two for me i assume it's my second favorite rolling stones album oh i thought you meant just of all time like of any album no it's not that good oh yeah i was gonna say there's no way it's good though i mean maybe we'll do that record then uh maybe well, but um, did you put did you put a Rolling Stones album on the list? No, because I don't I don't know which one I want to do. We'll just put Rolling Stones on there. That way I can I'll okay. be able to pick it. All right. And then uh, right. the same the same day I bought a couple other things at the record store. He has like an actual box of stuff on the floor, and at at Aldo's attic he puts a box on the floor, and he's very picky about what he sells. That's why I I I'm super confident about everything I buy from him because nothing is ever skipped. Nothing is ever looped. Everything is always super clean. Everything sounds great. And he's, uh, he prices them very fairly and he always hooks it up and best records I've ever been to. But yeah, uh, it's my favorite record store too. And I've only been there once. <laughs> he just has a box of shit that he thinks is just garbage. And usually he just gives it to you because he wants it out of there. <laughs> but I found so much good stuff. And yeah, it's like scratched up and stuff, but it still plays. And everything I've bought from that shit box that he thinks is shit, and nothing is ever looped, nothing's ever skipped. At worst, it just had a lot of surface noise. Yeah. So I, I picked up uh, I, I picked up this anthology, Dwayne Allman's anthology, part one and part two, two discs each, so four discs total. And he's like, just take it, dude. I'm like, no one's going to buy it, just take it. So I got those for free, cleaned them up. They sound fantastic. Like the covers are all beat up for sure, but the records okay. are fine. Like it's, I don't, I don't understand. Man, you lucked out. You lucked out, man. Finding I did, record stores. I did get you eat a peach though, from the same thing. Like he just gave me that one oh, too yeah, yeah. the same day, and I cleaned those records up so those look fine. The the covers trashed, but the records look totally fine, and that's a fantastic album. But dude, like this this anthology from Dwayne Allman. I never knew how much this kid got around. He died when he was like 24, 25. But before that, like he lent his guitar to so many people outside of the Almond Brothers. 
he so like on this on this anthology, it's essentially everything that he has ever done guitar wise outside mm-hmm. of the Almond Brothers. So like the first band that he was in, and then kind of like this the second band he was in before Almond mm-hmm. Brothers formed called the Hourglass. And then there's stuff on here that he did for Aretha Franklin. He he lent mm-hmm. like guitar tracks, like two or three of her songs. Bo Skaggs, that dude from like the seventies who yeah, yeah. sings kind of cool music sometimes. There's like this 13 minute track where just Dwayne just rips it up and it's so fucking bluesy. And then he and then he like does guitar work for jazz artists too, like King Curtis. King Curtis played saxophone, and and Dwayne Allman like lent guitar to him too. And it's like everything he did was just so great. And then he played on Layla and and he played for Derek and the Dominoes and mm-hmm. had a bunch of stuff with Clapton. And even Clapton, like you can like research different quotes that Clapton said about Allman. And he was like, dude, he was one of the best guitarists I, I, I had ever seen. Just raw talent, fantastic guitarist. Even before he died. Obviously, after he died, it got more exorbitant than how yeah. big he praised him. But even before he died, Clapton was saying how great this kid is. Damn, I want to hear, hear this thing, too. I want this in the anthology now. Well, you really have, what you have on Eat a Peach is like half studio, half live stuff. And you can really hear, like, they went for it and then really paid tribute to Dwayne on that album because a lot of the stuff that they chose, like the live stuff and even like some of the studio stuff was just like the best of for like okay. Dwayne and dude, again, like this kid was like 24 years old when he died and to be this good and to put out so much stuff with like so many different artists and different genres is just, it's mind blowing. It's crazy. It's, it's I, I could not believe how good it was. I cannot believe how much better he was than I thought that he was because he never listened to a bunch of <laughs> Almond Brothers I was like, oh, no, Dickie Betts for sure. Like, he, like, Dwayne was good, but Dickie Betts is also just as great, if not better than Dwayne. But then listening to this anthology, I, I, no, I, Dwayne, Dwayne's the better guitarist, even though Dickie Betts is really fucking good. Yeah, I remember you, you talked a lot about him just like a couple months ago. Mm hmm. Good shit, man. This is good All stuff. Right. Yeah. So always, always pick up um, anything you see by Dwayne Allman because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> if it's five bucks or under, I'll get it. Well, you pretty much have all of because because I I also picked you up that beginnings, so it's the first two Almond Brothers albums in one pack. So you have that. Then you already have I bought every fucking Almond Brothers that you have has come for me. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> it's like five or six albums. <laughs> That's Boy. very very true. Like That's I'm for, I'm like I'm forcing you I'm, I'm forcing this band down your throat so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luckily, I like it, so it's not like you're. It, it's a wasted effort. Yeah, and it's all cheap too. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're spending thirty bucks a pop on the record. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's good. I, I so okay. kind of in, in the blues rock realm, going further here. Um, this band called Ozark Mountain Daredevils. I like that name. It's a really cool name, and this this band was when I, when I really started to realize that there is like a there there's like B teams. There are B teams in music and I, a lot of like older people, like boomers and stuff, always talk about how music was so much better in the seventies and sixties. Everything was so good. <laughs> Every band was like killer. And then you think like, well, yeah, I guess. Cause, cause there wasn't a lot of them. Like there, yeah. there's not, there wasn't as much, the scene wasn't as saturated back then as it is now. For every that's very true. For every Zeppelin back there, you probably had like five bands that were okay. Whereas now, for every Zeppelin you would have today, you probably have like a thousand bands that are okay <laughs> or artists that are okay. 
Because it's, it's like so the, easy to make music nowadays. That's what. It yeah, is. it's just like everybody can do it. You don't need to be in a big band and be a rock star. You can just do it from your home. It costs you pennies, nothing even if you just pirate the, the software. Yeah, true. So yeah, Very this true. this band, um, Ozark Mountain Daredevils. This is this is a this is like a B team band. They're they're a country rock group from Springfield, Missouri, and I listened to their debut album and then their first live album, both in like the the mid seventies. And like they're not bad. They just seem like a poor man's Almond Brothers. Nah, uh, it kind of sucks. But like they're not bad. Like it's not. I I never thought oh, I don't want to listen to this anymore. And then some of their songs that were good, like were really really good, like rivaled some of the best like southern rock, country rock stuff like I've ever Interesting. heard. But okay. that was like super few and far in between. Everything else was just like okay, that's fine. This is a B team band. An opener. Yeah, an opener. I got a lot of B team bands. Okay. And then I was thinking like Grand Funk would be like like They're they're writing that line. Yeah, dude, they're like barely A team. Barely. Yeah. Like they should have been a B team, but maybe like they just by luck elevated to the to the A team. There was just something that was just unique enough to to push them into the A A team. They could easily be B material. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. But you love but you love Grand Funk. Oh, dude, Grand Funk's phenomenal. I haven't listened to that record since we did the pod. I kind of want to go back and listen to it. Dude, it's so good. You have have that one and Phoenix, right? You have their self-titled and Phoenix? Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, you should go back and listen. Pluribus, and then I'm good. I'm good to go. I got my top three Grand Funk. I have like 13 Grand Funk albums. (laughs) You're so dumb. (laughs) None of which Uh, cost you more than like $3, by the way. Some some of those $3 too much. Yeah, for Phoenix. That's the way she goes. Phoenix um, is good. Get the fuck out of here. This other band called Black Oak, Arkansas. We've okay. I've I've brought them to the pod before, and yeah, I remember um, that. you may remember because their 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 lead singer is Jim Mangrum Mangrum, but like he was clearly an influence on David Lee Roth. Yeah, like, yeah David Lee Roth's complete image like was stolen from this guy. <laughs> so that's that's kind of. I looked him up, and he still dresses like that. Yeah, dude, super yeah, flamboyant, hypersexualized, fun stuff. But Black Oak Arkansas, this is this is their um their like third or fourth album, their most popular one. I also have their first album, but uh their first album is way better than this one. This is uh this is just this is B team. This is fine. Like this okay, I guess. But is the first album A team or is it B team still? Had they only released the first album, I think the first album would be A team. Because his vocals are so gritty and and gross, like guttural, uh, uh, like like Lindemann. They're just they're <laughs> just gross, but they go so yeah. well with that band and that style of music, and it's it's phenomenal. But this is B team for sure. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Daniels Band, Night Rider. There's six albums, seventy five. Um, oh, this is the one. I have this one. This is this is a good one, dude. This was yeah. This is a good one. I thought this was an '80s album, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be lame," because I did not recognize the cover like at all. I don't, I don't know why, but I thought this was going to be so lame, and I was, I was. That I mean, was I, the I, I first one I got. That was the first this one, one? the first Charlie Daniels I got. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm, wait, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Hold on. Really yeah, quick. it's it, like the cover's like circular. It shows like a like a picturesque like lake, and or, it's the blue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that was the first bird one. I flying got. on it. This is um, yeah. this is now my I was second. Kind of blown away. Yeah, this is my second favorite Charlie Daniels band album now. 
Oh, it's really good. It is really, really good. It's just, dude, it's just good old country rock. And again, like, this has more straight country than, like, Stagecoach has seen in fucking maybe ever. And it has it's still a lot rocks. of really good hard rock element to it. Like, there's some really good guitar playing, really good drumming, just overall songwriting. It's really good. What What they can do really well is have country songs, have rock songs, and then, like, a country rock song in the middle. Like they mm-hmm. can transition so gradual and so slow that it almost like by the time you get to the rock stuff, you're like, wait a second, not even five minutes ago, we were just, this was like straight fucking Hank Snow, Jim Reeves country music. I don't know what happened. I don't know how <laughs> we got here, but it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So talented and severely underrated. I agree. I agree. He's so much better than the devil went down to Georgia, which is an amazing song, but there's so so many more facets and just, interesting things about this guy mm. it's crazy mm. good stuff though was that the only charlie daniels that you got recently yeah that's um i think it's my seventh now that i have by them yeah so that's good um this band called exile have you heard of exile that sounds so familiar are they metal? <laughs> they're a metal band right they're uh i don't even know what the fuck they are this is their so i, I i'm called mixed emotions and i have mixed emotions about this album <laughs> 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 this is their third album from 78 dude the first half was so weak i almost turned it off i, I was almost like fuck Why? this was... i'm putting the pile it was just really shitty soft rock it just almost mm. felt like it didn't have an identity like it didn't know if it wanted to be disco soft rock metal hard rock like none of it was good <laughs> but then the second side i turned it on and the first song was that song from happy gilmore kiss you all over it's like, i okay. want to kiss you all over you heard that song? It's good. I don't. I don't <laughs> recognize it. No. But. They started playing that song, and I was like, "Wait, is this a song from fucking Happy Gilmore?" I thought he just made that song up when he's talking <laughs> to his girlfriend. And then my attitude totally changed, and the second half just it blew me away. I was so I was so, so excited, and it really found its groove. Though it really dove into this really cool like disco rock thing with super catchy hooks and danceable beats, and I was super happy about it. First half, okay. garbage. Second half, fucking banger. <laughs> but then I don't know if it's just because I was super stoked about hearing that song from Happy Gilmore. Probably. I think a lot of it had to do with that. Dude, ever since I was a kid, I swear, I thought, I just assumed that Adam Sandler made up this song for that part. <laughs> I don't, I really don't even remember that. Because they played the song over it, like in the background, and it just, like, it sounds so studio like just like a fake little riff they only play like 15 seconds of it so i just thought it was like a clip yeah. somebody made up like even because adam Sandler does music too like maybe he made it up i don't know yeah no i, I get it i was laughing dude i was having a good time it was good <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that was good stuff um okay. yeah I, I i got traffic traffic is a is another prog band um steve winwood heard of them yeah he um, from wait steve winwood from the who right uh, no, Steve Winwood, just from Traffic, that's like his band. He also went on to do um, uh, Blind Faith with, with Clapton and Baker. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, this is their third album from 69. This is the last album before they did the Blind Faith thing. And oh, it's a banger. The second half of this is just two live songs from the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be good because I have another Traffic album, like their eighth album from way later, and it's really good. But this was... Okay. This was like whatever. This was just, it was just, it, it was boring. Like even the live tracks, they don't, like with old live tracks like this, especially with the prog bands, like you all, you know that you're going to get something good. You know that these guys are going to, 
riff off each other. They're going to go off and do things that maybe they don't normally do. They're going to just have a good time. Yeah. This was not any of that. It just, it seemed like, it seemed like nothing went anywhere. And there were times where there were these weird, like silences that didn't even seem intentional. Like nobody knew what to do almost. And so they just stopped That's playing. Really weird. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. Actually. It was very disappointing. This was just not, this was not a good album. And then like, considering he went on to do like blind faith and that album, although he's, he was singing. And so the best part of that blind faith album is when there was no singing. Yeah. And ginger Baker was honestly the highlight of that record. Surprise! I mean, yeah, like for me, for sure, surprisingly, I, I people always talk about how great he is, and like, yeah, he's he's good from what I've heard, but Blind Faith really made me a believer. Yeah, that that record, and also that Fela Kuti record I have, just blew me out, mm. just blew me blew me away when it came to Ginger Baker. Ah, good stuff, man. Um, going to the prog stuff more. John Anderson, uh, singer from Yes, I got his second mm-hmm. solo album from nineteen eighty. And his first solo album that he that he came out with was entirely performed by him, like think like Probot, like he did everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this one was totally different. He had a lot of guest musicians, and it got pretty shitty reviews. Like nobody really seemed to like it. I don't know why, because this is this is not a prog record. This is not a Yes record. This is a John Anderson record. And if you take it at that, like this is fantastic. It, like this focuses more on his vocals than anything else. I really mm-hmm. like the way he sings. I, I like that kind of like high pitched, childish way that he sings. It's but you got don't this. Like Rush. It's got this like goofy innocence to it. I don't. I don't want to get into that. But the, like the music here is way basic compared to Yes, obviously. But yeah. that lets Anderson kind of open up and write stronger melodies and be a front man because in Yes. Like, yeah, he writes strong melodies sometimes, but Yes is a prog band, and they focus heavily on instrumentation. Absolutely. That's, that's not what this is. And so I, th- I think, like, a lot of the shitty reviews, people were thinking that they were going to get a Yes album when they got just, like, a vocal pop album. But, I mean, it's good, though, right? I think it's no, fantastic. Like going, yeah, going into it, not expecting prog, it's good. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Does we, we, he have a lot of solo records? Uh, I think he has at least four because okay. I've seen, I've seen the first one and until this week, like I just never bought it cause I was like, eh, I don't know, but now I'm going to buy it cause I know exactly where it is still and no one's ever touched it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Damn, um, yeah, level, dude, huh? I, I got like 15 more. No, not really. Like yeah. Um, okay, what else you got? But these ones are a little bit easier. Um, well, except for this one. I, so I, I have I have Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, their first oh, album. Yeah. I saw you added that to Discogs, and I was really curious what you thought of it. It wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be awful. Like I thought it, I, th- I was going to fucking hate it. I thought Dio was going to irritate me to none other. But it was not bad, dude. Dio kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of Dio music, so I don't know if he does that thing that I hate fucking metal singers do i don't know if the he does Verano that a lot thing? yeah i can't i can't stand it but he doesn't <laughs> do that often it's it's only a couple times here or there and i mean this is this heavily focuses on blackmore's guitar playing and the songs seem to be structured around that the only problem okay. i have with this is that there's no there's no like back and forth between like john mord oh okay yeah so there's no like real kind of jammy and it's more straightforward yeah. rock it's it's just like let's let richie do his thing and then we'll try and keep up rather than mm-hmm. let's let these two guys do their thing and then 
we'll get you know pace on drums to to really kick it into gear too so it's just it was it was fine it wasn't bad by any means and if you ever see it for like three dollars or less i would pick it up mm. but okay eh. so not better than deep purple uh it's better than some deep purple better than uh, what was the second coverdale one uh um, stormbringer stormbringer oh yeah for sure it's better than stormbringer <laughs> It's better than Stormbringer. It's better than Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers. Wait, which was that? That was the one, the comeback, right? The yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one sucked too. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's definitely better than some Deep Purple, but this just, uh, yeah. this doesn't have like a lot of feeling to it. It just seems forced. Eh. No love. I guess that makes sense. No I guess that makes here. sense if there's no like jamming and stuff like that. Okay. Um,. I got Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Oh, how, and that you up. said you had you were you had issues with it, right? I think it sounds like flat, dude. I think it sounds quiet. I don't think it's got a very dynamic sound to it. I mean, I only paid like eighteen bucks for it, hmm. so it wasn't very expensive. But I don't know I was a little disappointed. Even my Master of Puppets is quiet, but the sound's still kind of dynamic. This one just sounds like flat. It just I don't know. I've always like, thought. It, it sounds as if I'm listening to this outside of a car, but the music being played inside the car. Like, I'm just not getting a lot of the highs or the lows. That's how it's always sound. That's how it always sounds, though. Like Does it's, it? Yeah. The, to me, at least, Ride, Ride the Lightning always has a very kind of, like, far away sound. Kind of, there's not a, lot, not a ton of dynamics to it. It's just more bass heavy, but that's pretty much it. Dude, I like that's I, always oh been my. God. I want to listen to that fucking Megaforce pressing. Then <laughs> I do. I do too. I really do too. Like because this, like how I know it was gonna sound like this, I wouldn't have bought it even with a discount. I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> it just doesn't. I remember the first time I, I I bought and I listened to Ride the Lightning back when I was in eighth grade or whatever. It was after I had listened to Kill 'Em All, so I thought it was gonna sound like that. And I remember hearing it and just thinking like, this is really bad. Like this just sounds like shit. And I didn't go back to Ride the Lightning for another year or so after I bought it because it just, it didn't, it sounds nothing like Kill 'em All, just like in it from a dynamic range. It's a weird, it's a really weird sounding record. But the songs are there. The songs are great. But you can only get to that once you get over the bad sound. Yeah. It was, it was pretty disappointing, to be honest. Yeah. It's the songs are good, though. I had a good time. And like, damn, dude, Metallica was, even Lars was so fucking good. Like, Lars is one of the few musicians that got worse as they played more. I know. That's remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> how, how is that possible? <laughs> like, he plays so fast sometimes, and he, he plays so tight. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> how did you go from this to that? It's when, it's once Bob Rock told him, like, you don't have to keep up with, like, Dave Lombardo. Just play whatever you want. Just play slower if you want. It's all Bob <laughs> Rock's fault. Honestly, it is. That's pretty much what he told him when they were making the Black Album. I mean, if that's if that's why, then then yes, that is entirely his fault for for putting that that thought into Lars's head. Well, it's the truth. It's the truth. God, dude, it seems like he doesn't even try. Like like Black Album and, and after, it's like Lars isn't even trying. <laughs> and like everybody else is bringing these like crazy riffs and these these awesome like transitions and fills, and Lars is just playing like three different beats for seven albums <laughs> I know, but like dude kill I mean, them all and yeah. then ride the lightning and puppets are so fucking good he's like i love his drumming in those albums yeah i agree i agree i thought i dig it too 
even though there are moments when it does sound like he's about to fall apart, <laughs> but then for whatever reason he's able to to catch up and and stay in stay in time again. But yeah, he's what an asshole. <laughs> what a dick! But the fucker can write good music. Him and James Hetfield together, damn, they write good music. It's remarkable. Yeah, more metal. I got Toxicity, System of a Down. Uh, that must sound so good. Yeah, this one's this one's fuck. I I listened to this one right after Ride the Lightning, and I forgot I had turned my my speakers up louder than normal to listen to Ride the Lightning. And this one came on, and I was like, "Oh, this is really fucking loud." And then I just left it because it sounded really good, and I was really happy. <laughs> that first hit on Prison Song, mm. oh, it's oh, so fucking loud. Damn, this album is so good, and oh, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy. I, I I hope I get the mesmerize in the mail from that guy, but <laughs> I don't I mean, think I'm what. I bought Mesmerizer. Oh, that, that's right, yeah. With the probably, corn record. Probably going to shice me, but whatever. You still haven't got any tracking info on that? No, there's no tracking info. He's still, he's still responsive, and he responds to me. That's so but, weird. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. That's so bizarre. I don't know. But yeah, man, just move down. This sounds, this sounds great. It's fantastic. Of course, of course. Yeah. No, no, I have nothing bad to say about it. I don't either. Uh, it's a perfect I, album. I got. Well, mm, I what? don't know if it's perfect. It, well, I mean, I just told you it's perfect. So it's it's, perfect. it's third best system for sure, but uh, I don't know if it's perfect. But even third best, I mean, it's for sure two point five or above, minimum, without oh. even like a second thought. Like I, I would never ever think about giving this less than two point five. It's because it's perfect three. You know. No, it's it's one hundred percent not. Um, another one, kind of in the punk range realm here. I got Green Day's Insomniac. Finally, finally, sound um, good. Yeah, dude. It's uh, like this is another one too, where I was listening to it and I just thought, like, dude, I really, I really like music sometimes. Like, not just <laughs> not just to listen to, but I really, it really, it really makes me happy. And I was yeah. having such a good time with this. And like, this is their best album by far. Like, I. Sometimes I doubt myself. Sometimes I go, I stray off the path and I think, you know, because I love Nimrod so much. Maybe that one kind of edges up there a little bit or maybe like Dookie because it's so iconic and great. But dude, Insomniac is so fucking good. It is. Truly it the is. forgotten record of theirs. It, one of the forgotten records, I should say. It has it has it all. It has it has the catchiness of Dookie, but the punk of like Kerplunk and 39 Smooth, but then also mm. kind of like the sentimentality that will become Nimrod. It's 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 fucking perfect. It's so it's that good. Perfect combination, yeah. I when do. I, when I, I I do wish Walking Contradiction was completely omitted, but what are you gonna do? I mean, it's what one are you song. Do? It's one and song, it's a, and yeah. it's still it's still a good song though. What I noticed when I listened to my copy, how one it sounded really really great, but it made me realize like that album they use a lot of silences, a lot of silent parts, a lot of parts. A lot of like they don't. There are a lot of moments when not all the instruments are playing, and they'll just have like just Mike Dirt playing, or they'll just have you know Billy playing the guitar or whatever. You know, like there's a lot of openness to the record that Dookie didn't have and Nimrod didn't have as well. Like yes, I don't know. It's really weird, but they they pulled it off somehow. There's a lot of there's a lot of dirt fills. Like he there's like four or five songs where. They'll just stop playing and, dum, do, 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 dum, do, and then they'll come back in. It's super quick. It's and, so good, but it's 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 so jarring and it's oh, it's so good. This band is this band was so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Or even if you just look at you know just jaded, just the the dunna, just that silent between the 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 riff right there. 
And then Ooh. just Trey just comes in so hard. And he's just playing like a simple beat, but it's just fuck it's heavy. And such a that's such a basic song too, but they charge it up so nice. They charge <laughs> they really it up real do. nice. And then leading into Jaded like that, oh my, one of one of Trey's best drumming performances is Jaded. I love that. Ah <laughs> oh, man, what a what a fucking album. Why haven't we done that? We've no, we've done we've done Insomniac once, long time ago. I feel like we oh. did Green Day not that long ago though. We did. We did um we did Dookie. Uh, we should maybe do like Insomniac. a year ago. Yeah, we did. I remember we, when we did do Insomniac, it was because we we were rushed to do it, and we we didn't. Well, so we never actually like did it. We just kind of no. half-assed it. We half-assed it because we were supposed to do a different episode because somebody was supposed to be on the pod, but they bailed on us. So we're like, oh fuck! So I'm already at your house. So we decided, why don't we just do an album we know? So we did Insomniac, like right mm. there off the cuff. I mean, I was I remember being okay, but we could do it way better now. Way well, you know, with time and we've 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 perfected the craft mm-hmm. unlike Absolutely. green day <laughs> true we've gotten better unlike green day especially with that <laughs> father of all album unlike green day and lars well father of all is pretty good though oh, father of all is fucking shit. <laughs> here's it's another album that's garbage. pretty good that you think is shit but uh i i bought against me searching for a former oh, clarity this album I, man i listened to this album six times this week you're so six fucking, fucking don't, times. Don't you ever, ever criticize me for listening to the same shit over and over I, again, dude? I could not believe ever. I could not get enough of it. I do. I, I don't even know what happened. Like, it was. It's unbelievable. Even if I'm not even like listening to records, I'll, I'll put this one on while I'm just doing something, and then I'll just leave and go do something else downstairs or something. I wouldn't listen to records, but I will put this on because it's that good. Oh. I mean, it's okay. It's it. I mean, it's a one point nine. That's that isn't that's. Mm, mm. I don't it's the truth. I only speak the truth. I don't remember what I gave it, but I'm I'm tempted to even like retroactively give this a, a perfect three. three. Yeah, this, I think you did. I I would I would say that this is like a perfect album. This is this is so damn good, just through and through, front to back. It sounds fantastic. It is very dynamic. There are a lot of different sounds here. Everybody is just bringing their A game, and there's so much diversity, and this this is a killer, killer album. I just don't get it. I mean, New Wave is a better record. Ugh, I'm gonna move on now because I'm gonna barf. <laughs> yeah, so, New Wave is a 1.9. So the last, yo, you're so <clears throat> get the fuck out of here, <laughs> butt wipe. The last, uh, the last thing I got here before my song of the week is I finally got my I'm the Avalanche. Oh, it took fucking long enough. Fucking pre-ordered this BZ back in like July, and it was supposed to be pressed and shipped out November 1st. There was like bacteria in the fucking tank or whatever they do, and it got delayed, and then I finally got it this week, months <laughs> later. <laughs> but you have, but you did <sighs> eventually listen to it on Spotify, right? I had to because I wanted to see if I wanted to put on my year-end list of, of my favorite albums oh, for the that's year. Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to. I really wanted to hold out till I listened to it on the vinyls. Um, but whatever. But yeah, it came in, and I listened to it twice, and it's like it's great, dude. It, like we talked about it before already, kind of that it yeah. kind of it's kind of like in the middle of Wolverines and, and Avalanche United because mm-hmm. Wolverines was kind of a little bit boring on the boring side. Everything kind of bled together and sounded the same. Whereas Avalanche United, like that was a very dynamic, a very great record. This one kind of falls really in between is. both of them. But it's still really good, and there's like three or four tracks that I think are just absolute bangers. 
And the other ones, the more I listen to them, I know the more I will start to love them more because that's like all I am the avalanche with me and, and Vinny Karuna in general. Like the more I listen to it, like the more I pick up and the more I start to love it. Makes sense. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a great part of the band. Great Dude, singer. Great songs. I, I just, I can't, I can't get enough of this band. This band is so fucking cool. And even in like the liner notes, they thank their fans like multiple times and talk about how grateful they are for everybody that's helped them in any way. And like this band is just so, so grateful just to even be able to play music in front of people. That's cool. That's really love cool. it. Love it. So yeah, go uh, get that one. Cause that one's a really good one. You should still buy it. It's $17. I, it's in my, it, I, it's in my cart that and Avalanche United are in my cart. Yeah. Well, don't don't, for, don't forget if you yet. buy, I'm going to add some or I can buy them and then you can add some cause we can save on shipping. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because there are two things I want to buy from I Surrender. We'll talk about it after the podcast. Three things actually. We'll pull the um, trigger on it. Yeah. So this is going into my 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 song of the week. The oh, artist boy. is uh, is Mr. John Denver, and the album is um, Friends with You. Or the the album is called A Airy A A E R I E Airy. I'd say Airy. Yeah. Uh, this is fifth album, nineteen seventy one. Um, the song I chose is, is Friends with You. This. Uh, I don't know what happened, but this was this was like a camp song that that we always sang at camp for dude, I, I don't know how many years I went to camp, fucking 15, 20 years. And mm-hmm. this was always one of my favorite camp songs that we sang. And I never knew it was a John Denver song, and I really like John Denver. I have a bunch of his albums, and then I found out that it was a John Denver song. I don't particularly like his version of it because I prefer just like a stripped down acoustic version Your that we version do at camp. It? Yeah, basically the version that we did at camp. <laughs> but uh, dude, this song is so good and it's so catchy and it's just like the nostalgia alone for this. I don't even care how shitty the song could be. The nostalgia alone makes us a banger, no matter what. Okay, I, I like the song. I thought it was a cool song, but I've never. I mean, I've never really listened to John Denver, so I can't. Really I gave you it. one of his albums. I know, but I haven't listened to it yet. You fucking butt. It's in my pile. It's in my pile. I'll, maybe oh, I'll get to it this so week. Much. I don't know. I have so many records. All you listen to is stuff. fucking corn and, and the Mars pumpkins. the Mars DeLongs. That's all you the listen Mars to. The Mars DeLongs and the pumpkins. That's it. All I'm taking it. your record. Next time I go to your house, you're, I'm confiscating records. You're, no, you're, that You're not touching my Mars Volta bootleg records. No, I'm taking the, your good records, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, here's uh here's Friends with You from the John Denvers. What a friend we have in time gives us children, makes us wise, tells us what to take. Thank you. 
Okay, there's a little bit of Friends With You from John Denver. Mm. Legendary John Denver. Now, that album cover, that is that is so wow. ridiculous, but I love it. I fucking love it. He's fucking holding a bald eagle in the sun, in the sunset. So like his his other album that I that I also bought with this pile too is called Wind Song and it's yeah. a gatefold and if you open it up, it's him like in like capris riding a horse on the beach as the water's like coming up on the horse's hooves. <laughs> he so- has horrible album covers. <laughs> and he is I mean, for lack of a better word, the dude looks like a dork all the time. Oh, I know he does. He really and does. It's just like I love, I dude, I love his music so much, and it's I don't even know why because sometimes it's so dumb. And there were seventeen different singers on this fucking album. Seventeen <laughs> people contributed to singing and writing credits, and like all of his big songs were only half written by him anyway. But damn, dude, I just I love this folky shit. That song was so, it was such a camp song, such a camp song. The lyrics, <laughs> the way the way it was sung, like I could hear everybody in camp singing that. Like that is, that is a camp song. It's it's insane. Like I said, man, like the nostalgia <laughs> completely takes over, and it's 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 so it's so interesting how much how much like something can trigger memories, and I mean maybe just because. People, people are different anyway, but I feel like we're more musically inclined to be triggered by music, I guess. We're more inclined Trigger. to be triggered by music. Trigger. And so, like, when, when I hear something like this, like, there are certain other things, too. Like, when I hear Sublime's What I Got, I think of one mm-hmm. thing. And I think of Interlocking when, when Chris and I were at that show. And, yeah. that, like, that whole night was unbelievable. But then when I hear this song... It's like I, I can, dude. I can smell the campfire. It's fucking cold because it was always cold up in like August or September or October in camp all the time. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy how much my senses take over completely. And I don't even like listening to the song that much. I just everything else takes over so much. And just like I said, nostalgia just is the number one factor of why I love this song. And dude, John Denver is my boy now. He is my boy now. <laughs> I can't believe how many records you have of his. I have like it's eight. Insane. It's insane. <sighs> I've I've come to find though like early seventies John Denver is my jam. When he gets okay. into like the mid to late seventies and then the eighties, I so far don't really like it that much. Because it's it more like more of a it's too pop. It's too pop. Oh, okay. This is okay. um th- this is this is one right after my favorite John Denver album, Poems, Prayers and Promises, is the one that I gave you. That's Which my I haven't f- listened to yet. You you should. That's my I'll favorite. I'll listen to it this week. That's my favorite John Denver album. The last song on there is just him reading a poem, and it's just it's so endearing. It's so good. Okay. Oh, dude, John John Denver was the shit. The guy was everywhere. He hung out with Muppets, and he shit talked Congress. Like he did everything. That's true. You did. He you did know. everything, and he sang such like non aggressive music, and he was just everywhere, just being everybody's friend. Damn. He seemed like a very nice, very nice man. Fucking adding that shit to the list right now. Oh my God, the list is getting longer. It's, <laughs> it's starting to become my list. I have like ten things on mine. I know. <laughs> okay, so is that all you got with John Denver? Yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll I'll get through mine pretty quick. Um, the first thing I got here, I got for free from the Glass House because I order from them like probably once or twice a week, 
and uh, they they just send me free records now, <laughs> along with what I bought. And uh, they sent me a copy of Marvin Gaye's "Let's Get It On" record. It's his thirteenth album. Uh, it came out in August twenty eighth, nineteen seventy three. It's probably one of his biggest albums, or what's going on might be his biggest. I don't remember. They're, they're both like um, fighting for the top spot. Yeah, they really are. I mean, this this album has like perfect ratings. But honestly, I mean, it was good. But considering how popular it is, I thought it was a little underwhelming. But still, really good. But um, the jacket's pretty mm. fucking beat up on it. But the record itself has some scratches, but nothing skips or loops, and a little bit of surface noise. But it's not distracting. So it, it was a solid listen through. I, I enjoyed it. But I mean, honestly, just Marvin Gaye just doesn't do it for me. I guess. I, if what's going on is like this, I I mean, I'll give it a listen a few times, but it's just not what I was hoping for, you know? Okay, interesting. I don't know why. I just, I don't know what, why it didn't click with me. Maybe with more listens, I'll, I'd get more into it, but at this point, it's good. It's great. Uh, another one that the Glass House sent me was from somebody I've never heard of. I don't know you've ever heard of him. His name is Angelo Branduardi. Uh, it's it's this album called High Down Fair. He's an Italian singer, songwriter, composer. Um, he uh, he does every album, I guess, like in Italian and English. But his wife writes most of his English lyrics, and it's pretty much just Renaissance music. And it's just not my thing. I just don't really care for it. I listened to the whole thing, and it was rough to get through. I'm giving it to you because you're more into that than me. And you said you wanted it, so. You can I, I will listen to it and I will probably enjoy it. You will probably enjoy it. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not my thing. I just don't really care for that style of music. Uh, but the guy who wrote the, the lyrics on this one, the English lyrics, his name is Peter Sinfield. And he uh, he's written lyrics for King Crimson and Emerson, Lake and Palmer. But Ew. the lyrics on the Love Beach record, so their worst record. He he actually co-wrote some of the songs on that record too, um, but yeah, so he, that that's awful. But also, this album from Angelo Branduardi uh, came out in nineteen seventy-five. It's his third record, and he still puts out music to today. So there you go. So does that you'll be getting that? Does that like disappoint you at all when you when you hear like they hire like a ghostwriter to help them write lyrics? Yeah, it kind of sucks. It totally or does. It, it even kind of it doesn't bother me. But it's it's a little like weird when bands I like a lot when you find out another band member writes the lyrics like in Sabbath, Geezer writes all the the lyrics, not Ozzy, and then in Rush, Neil Peart writes all the lyrics, not Getty Lee. But at least they're keeping it in house at that yeah, point. Th- it's true, but it was it's still like a little like I don't know. It just seems a little strange to me for whatever reason. I don't know. But to like to like write for two super groups, like arguably like huge super groups at the time that's yeah i kind of don't like that the the elp record he did was there was easily their worst so it's okay true but i don't know what what album he worked with king crimson on but regardless uh, I, don't, king I, don't wanna, are, I didn't want to look at what album but king crimson probably, is just so good like it doesn't even matter at this point they're they're too good it doesn't matter yeah i mean lyrics aside anyway cause if he's just writing lyrics i mean who throw those away yeah. anyway it's not it's not the songwriting it's the lyrics that he's doing so this is one I picked up well, like a few weeks ago from Bionic. I finally got around to listening to it. Uh, I only put it off so long because the other one I got from this guy I didn't really care for, and that's Billy Cobham. Uh, he's, he played drums for Mahavishnu, uh, played drums with um, Miles Davis, 
And this is like just a, another jazz fusion record, but it was a little bit better than the other one I have. Uh. Yeah, it's a little bit better, but there are some moments where I just think like, dude, I just don't care for the style. Oh, th- this album I got was Magic. This is like one of his popular ones that you've probably seen the cover. It's a very popular cover. Um, this is uh, th- the other one is, is the one that you said sounded like something we would have heard at like the NAMM convention. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like the like he's behind a plexiglass window. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't like that style. And it's like half of this record is like that, but then the other half is more like progressive, more prog rock, I guess you could say. Um, but I mean, it's it this record's okay. The album Magic is okay. It's not not bad, but it, this is his 8th album and it came out in 77. There it, you go. It's always Billy weird Cohen. when like when like a drummer will come out with an album. I know, right? But I mean, it, I mean it, is it that weird because now that we've been getting into jazz, like that's, that's like true. a common thing. Like all the band members have like a bunch of solo projects outside of, you know, whatever they're working on. So yeah, I guess um, that's right. So I got that one a couple weeks ago. Like I said, Bionic Records, that record store sucks. Oh, I recommend going there. Just calls my to seize them. Uh, <laughs> this one I got from uh, Factory Records in Costa Mesa. I picked it up last week. I finally got around to listening to it this week, and it was a rush in their album 2112. Ooh. That's their fourth record. Came out April in April 1976. Um, I thought it was really good. I mean, I've heard this record before. I do like Rush. I've seen them. I saw them on their farewell tour. I think they're absolutely amazing. Uh, and this record is really good too. It's it's a solid record. It was like reading more about the making of it. Like they were on a downward downward spiral, even though it was their only their fourth record. Like ticket sales had going had been going down. Their last record didn't do well. So they didn't know what what way to go. They could either like make more pop oriented songs or double down and just make prog songs. So they double downed and made prog songs and it worked out for them. And the sound blew up. And the entire side A is one song. I think it's like twenty one minutes. And it just it just tells a story like a like a, a utopian story of like in the year twenty one twelve, like some like the Solar Federation. That's eventually what the world government is. Is called the Solar Federation, and how there's no creativity or no art is allowed. And it just it just tells the story of that lyrically and musically. So it's pretty cool. And then the second half is more. It's not as prog, but it it has prog elements, but it's more straightforward rock. So they kind of mix it all up in there. Good. So it's good though. If you never heard it, check it out. It's good. I'm sure you've seen the cover, and it was. Pretty damn cheap. It was the cheapest Rush album I've ever seen in the wild. How much was it? It was eighteen. Oh, I never bad. see I never see Rush for less than like twenty five, ever. And this is a big record, so that I was very surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't I don't know what it is about Rush that I just don't I don't care for. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, I can't no, I get it. I can't put my finger on it and just don't like him. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. I tried. You, I mean, you can try again because you like sticks for some reason, and I don't know I why sticks. you like early sticks. St- over early Rush. sticks is fucking boss, bro. Boss, boss, boss. I think I just like underdogs, you know. But they're not underdogs. They have one of the biggest songs of the seventies, you know. With Come early sticks are underdogs. Yes. Oh Even sticks in general. Are, I mean, like none of their albums have ever really been praised as like great. They have good aspects to them, or a song here or there, but. They've never had like a universally acclaimed album, but they have the universally acclaimed songs. Well, come sail you know, away, renegade, song come ever sail away, Mr. Roboto. Come on, those three songs right there I are like legendary songs. 
That, but regardless, that album it's like is, a legendary song. Dude, like, oh, I, I, I want you to hear that album just so you can hear, like, how bad Sticks can be. <laughs> that album is fucking terrible. It, I mean, it sounds terrible because, like, I think Sticks are good, but they're not, like, to me, they, they just never really made any sort of impact on me. So I can't even imagine what this record sounds like. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Especially considering it was made in the 80s, right? Like, early 80s? Yeah, it was, it was like, the, the last of their good stuffs. It's keeping it with the Prague. Uh, I finally listened to this record. I picked this up probably like a month and a half, two months ago from White Rabbit. Uh, it's Mike Oldfield. Mike mm. Oldfield, whatever you, whatever name you want to go by. Um, I have like th- I have two more records of his that I haven't listened to yet. What the hell? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I just haven't got around to listening to more of his the records that I have of his. But yeah, There's I listen. So I, many. He does have a lot, and this one is called Amadon. It's his third record. It came out in 1975. Uh, much like Tubular Bells and most of I've, all of his records, uh, he plays everything himself. Um, it's just two songs, and uh, it was <laughs> quite the struggle to record and write this album. Uh, it took almost a year to initially record it. So what happened was he w- he was recording on on tape, obviously, but he was doing so many overdubs to the tape and just playing so many parts on this tape that the tape wore so thin it was damaged and they weren't able to salvage it. Oh, so man. he had to start completely, after a year, he had to start completely from scratch and re-record everything he had already done, all the overdubs and everything. And I think it took like two months to re-record everything because he already had all the ideas and everything there already. But yeah, so that that was this album. And um, yeah, it just th- I Dang. thought that was a really interesting story. I've never heard of that. The, there's so many overdubs that it ruin the tape was it good was the album yeah good? no it was solid well actually i take it back so the the tape that was ruined was only side a of it so like the first 25 minutes so it was only side a but side side b he they were able to salvage that tape but the side a they was it was unsalvageable can you tell the difference so, between like i don't know side a and side b like is one no. better no i mean it was it was no quality wise no and then I was reading more into it, and actually the original mix from that, the damaged tape, was released in 2010 as, on the deluxe version. The, the side A of the original mix was released, but I didn't, I forgot to listen to it. But he, he did eventually release it. So, but well, I don't know. How what, is that possible if it, was, if it was damaged? They couldn't use it well, to begin with. Well, I mean, it was damaged to the point where like it was like subpar quality. Like it wasn't damaged, like destroyed. It was just subpar. Like it just sounded like I guess maybe scratchy or um, maybe things were missing. I don't. I don't know. It didn't really explain how it was damaged, but it was damaged enough to where it was unsalvageable for like proper release. Oh. But it was, it was released in 2010 on the deluxe version of the record. But it was cool, man. It was it was a solid record, and this guy is remarkable. And man, he's he's crazy. He's crazy good. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So. Yeah, and I read too. So, at, like, Tubular Bells was a huge hit, like we had talked about a while ago on the pod. But his second record was a flop, and it just people hated it. So, that was another reason why this record took so long to come out because he was like just fighting the, like, just he he had lost all confidence in in himself, and then his mom died. So it was just like just one thing after the other of him trying to overcome all the, you know, the per, his personal issues. So, pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. I did. I, did, so I, I mean. Th- I only have two with your bells, but I think I think that album is phenomenal. And oh, it's so good! Like to be one of the first, if not the first, album for Virgin Records, and 
and they even use it in The Exorcist, and it's just such an iconic mm-hmm. album. And I, dude, I never would have known. Like, I, I would have never listened yeah. to that album had it not been for this vinyl addiction. I, I'm totally with you. Well, it's like you know, a lot of the bands we've come up, we've we found Yes, you know, ELP, you know, all that kind of shit. You never listen to that stuff. Yeah, <sighs> it's crazy. All right. Uh, so what? Uh, I also got. West Montgomery, which we already talked about down here on the ground, so I won't get into that. Um, from uh, where, uh, Factory Records, I got Charlie, ooh, Charlie Mingus, Charles Mingus, whatever you want to call him. He got his record, uh, Pithacanthropus Erectus. What? Yeah, that's the name of the record. Uh, it came out in, uh, in 1956. I think it's his eighth record. And uh, it was the first record he did where he actually taught the band the songs by ear rather than writing it all down, which I thought was really interesting. Like that, that these musicians would actually write the music down and then give it to their, to their band, you know? Yeah. Back when musicians were actually like (laughs) talented, trained musicians. (laughs) (laughs) They can read and write music. Yeah. But so this is the first time where he actually taught the band by ear, which I thought was so weird and interesting. Um, the first song and title track is uh, is also kind of like a theme song. It's like ten minutes, but it's it's it talks about like the rise and fall of well, it, not lyrically, but musically. Like it 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 plays like the the rise and fall of human civilization, and then just it, it's weird. Like knowing that in your mind, and you listen to that song, you're like, okay, I can see where he's going here and he's going there. Like it has this crazy cool like kind of rising action and. It's cool. It's a really cool song. It's a cool record. So this, I mean, just I mean, I just googled it real quick, but like this sounds really cool. I really, yeah, wanna, I really want to hear this one. In nineteen fifty six, I know, right? What the hell? Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool record. And then even uh, I guess like the 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 title it means like like upright ape man, and I guess that was supposed to also like mean the stand-up bass that he uses like it's supposed to like be an analogy of that so i thought that was kind of interesting too even the cover uh, reminds me of like like um low-end theory or or midnight marauders by a tribe called quest that, that outlined oh yeah 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 caveman human looking thing yeah i know what you're talking about that's cool it's cool man yeah it's it's a solid record i'm i mean he's becoming one of my my favorite jazz musicians he really is i think he's just his playing and his his music, for as little as I know about this genre, it's he's becoming one of my favorites. Him and Johnny Smith, the guitar player, just ah oh man, they're so good. But um, yeah, so I got that one. Uh, I got three left. Get through this quick. Kanye West. I got the College yeah. Dropout, his debut record. Got it from Eight Glass Glass House. Eight dollars. Eight dollars from Glass House. Guy. What a fucking steal. Um, the the jacket is kind of worn. Uh, but it's not no splits in the seams or anything like that but it's a little bit worn uh the record itself really no scratches not really any damage played great sounded great no looping no skipping a little bit of surface noise here and there but overall there's nothing uh solid record man i i think this is i only really like three of his records and this is one of them so there you go what was the other one besides graduation in this one uh, oh, that Yeezy uh, or Yeezy, Yee, whatever yeah. it was. Yee or Yee or Yeezy. Fuck, I can't even remember. Dumb. The one with the, the CDR cover. Yeah. Yeah. So great record, solid record. I mean, eight bucks. You can't beat it, honestly. That's, so. 
That's just give it away. Just give it to me. <laughs> I I was shocked when I saw it. I I thought it was like a missed. I thought it was going to be like eighteen. Like I thought it was a misprint or something. But no, they charged me eight bucks. So, um, so I got that, and then I got these next two records from you. Last time I was out there, for it was from one of the halls, and um, not not one of the halls. Some of you had picked up for me, but I picked up. But you, I'd gotten when I when I was out in Arizona, and that's Van Halen. And I uh, finally got around to listening to these two records, and that's Women and Children first and Van Halen too. So their second and third record uh, came out within a year of one another. And, uh, I mean, it's Van Halen. I mean, <laughs> these guys are... The David Lee Roth era is the is perfect. Like, there's no nothing wrong with them. And I, I just... I still, to this day, I kick myself for not getting into, into them earlier. Like, I don't know why it took me so long. It's but so you, stupid. You know, you know enough about Van Halen. You know enough of their music. You know the big hits. You you know enough. But I didn't because like once I heard Van Halen one, like even now when I listen to Van Halen one, I'm just like, I'm still like truly blown away by it. Like truly, blo- I, it, it's unbelievable that that album exists. And Van Halen two is like a great extension of that record. Oh man, it's so good. So my um. My song of the week comes from Van Halen too, and uh, yeah, this record came out in '79, and the song is "Out of Out of," oh my god, Ooh. "Out of Love Again." Out of Love Again. It's the fifth song on the record, Inside A, and uh, here it is from Van Halen. There it is. Out of love again from Van Halen. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Every member fucking brings it in that song. 
I mean, Eddie just sounds like he's killing his guitar. Like it just sounds like it's screaming in pain, just how hard he's hitting those strings. And then Alex, dude, his drumming is like some of the best I've heard on this album and the first record. Like his drumming is so good. And then, of course, Roth, just that really high-pitched squeal that he has <laughs> that is so unique to him. Oh, I fucking love that song. The song is so choppy, too. It's it so is. jarring. It's so like it, it shouldn't bad, exist. almost. Yeah, it shouldn't exist, <laughs> but it just it works so well. It, I, <laughs> oh, my God, dude, this band and just Eddie Van Halen's tone. Like, there, there's no guitar player who has that who can match that tone like not even close dude you had that tone you had the fit you had the original no, 51 no i i know i know i had the the amp but it's more than that like it, it there's something about his playing like or something about his ear to where he can just make those settings you, you know just, you could have been the next van Halen. <laughs> fuck no i'm not but you got rid of it so oh god dude that song is amazing i love it good stuff i I love Van Halen. I love they're, them. They're fantastic. There's, <laughs> no, there's, they're like be- there's, they're more than fantastic. They're uh, oh. they're they're kind of categorized into like five or six songs, but yeah. but they're, I mean they're for sure eighteen. Like they're they're not oh, even like, no, a, like mean, a, an afterthought eighteen. They're no, you can't even argue that they're below that. They're legendary, but they're, they but they still don't get enough credit though. No, they don't. It's unbelievable. The the amount of talent in this band is unreal. I've never heard anything like it. I feel like, like a fucking kid listening to this stupid fucking band. It's dumb. They have like this this hot sound. Like everything is just like hot. Everything's like on fire. It's just fast. <laughs> everything's like a like a hot rod. How cool hot rods look. <laughs> they, that's that's Van Halen. <laughs> like the way they're they too look, good. the way they play, the way they sing, oh, the way they act. They're just too good. They're too fucking good. It's unbelievable. I don't know. <laughs> I I just don't even know. I can't even I can't even explain it. <laughs> They're just why did it take me so long, Jeff? I don't it's so stupid. I hate it. I fucking yeah. hate it. That's all right. Okay. Well that that's it for the for the vinyl hauls and pickups. Um let's move into some new music and then we'll get to the next episode, right? Okay. We're done with all this. Let's get into some new music. Um no albums worth talking about really came out. So some new songs. Uh, Weezer put out a new one called All My Favorite Songs. Mm-hmm. So they were supposed to put out their album Van Van Weezer last week last year, but it was postponed. So that record's actually going to come out this May. But during the quarantine pandemic stuffs, uh, they record they were they recorded another album uh, based off of OK Computer from Radiohead or inspired by OK Computer from Radiohead. Is that correct? Yeah. And that record is coming out next month in February. Did you pre-order the vinyl? Um, no, but I'm going to now if it's still available. I think it is. I think one of the variants is still available. I because didn't pre-order it. This song's pretty killer. This song is good, but I've it's, been maybe it's pretty good. They're so hit or miss, so I, I'm I'm wary about pre-ordering a record <laughs> of theirs. Like this song so. is this song is is uh, this song is really good. This song is is fantastic and. Whereas OK Computer was kind of more focused on like an Android and involving machines and the man's life, this is more like stripped down. This is more just humans making music again. And they released a video for this too. And the video I just the video it's just one of those videos that shows how addicted we are to our cell phones. It's a dime a dozen, but. <laughs> 
but dude, the music's fucking good in this. Like, I mean, it's not like the best thing Weezer's ever done, but no. like, if this is what's to become on this album, this is going to be the best Weezer album in many, many moons. Not as good as everything will be all right. I don't think this ain't out yet. But though. who knows? This ain't out yet. Yeah, though. I know it's not out yet. If if it's that good, I'll buy it. I'll go to the record store and buy it. But I'm not going to pre-order. I just I don't want to get burned on this at all. That's the that's the problem is is if this song is good and everything else is complete shit, then that sucks. But they but I mean like they, like Rivers had said that they're writing the entire album to sound like this. They're using like a thirty piece orchestra, and they're they're trying to really get back to just basic songwriting just focus on like strong melodies and without without using a lot of of uh like like uh computers and shit yeah like away from pacific daydream away from the white album away from the black album getting away from that horrible horrible garbage records ratitude getting away from that shit hey oh oh hey hey so here's uh here's all my favorite songs from weezer There's Weezer and their new song, All My Favorite Songs. It's good stuff, man. It's very catchy. Very, very catchy. It's a really good Weezer song. This is very, this is very like a make-believe era, red era for me. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely see that. More red, more more big, more make-believe than red. I think it's really good. And yeah. I just looked on the website and everything's sold out. There's no more, there's not even like black vinyl. It's also sold Really? Out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be in record stores. Even though it sells out, it'll be in record stores. It's like the it's like the Run the Jewels record. You know, it's sold on sold out on their website. 
but you could still buy it on the record stores. The pink. Yeah, that right. was annoying. <laughs> I know, right? Oh gosh. So there you go, new Weezer. Uh, let's see here, a couple other new songs that we're not going to play, but let's talk about it. Bad Religion put out a new one called Emancipation of the Mind. It's Bad Religion, right? Nothing. I listened to it today, and I thought it was really good, but now I have no idea what it sounds like. I mean, yeah, it sounds like every other Bad Religion. It's it's good. It's not bad, but whatever. <laughs> so um, Papa Roach, they re-recorded their song Last Resort, you know, the iconic Last Resort. Um, some may say a perfect song. Uh, they re-recorded it, it and it's just, it's stupid. It It's just the drums are too loud. The the guitars are flat and it's just a muddled version of the original and it's just stupid. It's unnecessary. This it's is an really old dumb. guy cover song of a really, really fucking good song. There's yeah, no like, energy to this. No energy, no real dynamics like the original had. Just It's just not good, man. It's modern modern production with guys who wrote a song 20 one years ago it's just it's stupid it's silly it i listened no to sense. uh two scars the new scars and broken home and they're all they're dumb they're yeah. all dumb i mean i i've always I, i've never liked scars or broken home and they're both dumb songs but for the <laughs> especially broken home for the time it was kind of funny it's kind of fun yeah. to sing along to but great scream too they're terrible the now yeah they're, they're pretty my heart open. <laughs> it's awful that's really bad. <laughs> oh God! So, we got anything else to say, or, or what do you think? What do you got? Uh, no, that's that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio, and uh, stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Rammstein and their album Sensucht. I don't know how to pronounce that, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all. David.